Were you an athlete, school teacher, or maybe worked in a corporate world? Our careers, they tend to be the way that we identify ourselves. Now, what happens when that identity is taken from you? He found ours in real estate. Now, let us help you find yours on a free agent real estate investing podcast. Starting now. Welcome to the Free Agent REI Podcast. I'm your co-host, Stratton Brown. And I'm your other co-host, Michael Butler. Man, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, quick, again, give, give us a five-star review. Share it with your friends if it brings you any value. What else do I got for you guys? Happy holidays. <laughs> we probably won't do another podcast all December unless Mike flies out. We may do one, um, what is it, virtually. One virtually on Zoom. One virtually on Zoom, but this will probably be the last one in December until Mike decides to buy some plane tickets and come snowboarding. <laughs> man, I tell you, I keep I keep thinking about it, man. That, that sounds like a, I brought it up to my wife, and she was like, you just come up with the most random stuff ever. I was like, that wouldn't be tight, though. That wouldn't be tight. <laughs> that wouldn't be tight. Just hop on a plane. She's like, we just our weekends are just booked. I'm like, I'm talking about like on a Wednesday. Ain't nothing booked on a Wednesday. Nothing's booked on a Wednesday. <laughs> so we'll see, man. I, I, I don't know yet. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can plan something out. Hop on. I'd love to. Fly out. Fuck them kids. Yeah, they well, move. we bring the kids. Kids, <laughs> kids be coming too. <laughs> then, bro, if you bring the kids, stay for a week. Huh? Stay for a week. Go snowboarding. We well, got to remember my kids are in dance and then all those things. So Fuck dance. They love dance. Snowboarding. <laughs> they love dance, man. I can't do that to the kids. We can dance with them. <laughs> we can all go dance. Not me. Not me. I got two. I got two left feet. I got two left feet, dog. Don't embrace the stereotype, people. Yeah. How you been, bro? And I've been good. Um, shoot, really, just I feel like it's just one thing after another, right? We we finally got our third listing up on Airbnb. Um, and so if you guys are in here, if if you've noticed like a um a slight like dip in like reservations, um. We know that it's kind of getting into the slow season, so you got to start reducing prices and stuff like that. So you make sure you cover your expenses. Um, but just trying to see what people are seeing out there when it comes to uh, Airbnb and with your listings and stuff like that. So feel free to reach out to me. Give me an idea of what little things that you've done to kind of, you know, fix that or just kind of balance out the scale a little bit. Um, and then we got that going. Uh, my kids, like I said, they're in dance. So we've been doing that whole thing. Um, they just went back to school from Thanksgiving break. Uh, my daughter's birthday is tomorrow. So she'll she'll be turning five December 2nd. Um, her birthday party's this weekend. So we'll be taking care of that. Um, and just working, man. Working, building these companies, trying to build some passive income, trying to build some income, and trying to take care of my kids, 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 kids. What are the numbers on that third Airbnb? Um, we have that one based off of the numbers we ran it at. That one would gross about seven thousand a month. Um, so would net somewhere around three thousand. Um, just by with it being in the slow season or getting into the slow season, because you got Christmas and then you got um New Year's Eve. After that, I think it up until like March, March, April ish is really when it starts to just skyrocket. So at this point in the year, you typically just want to make sure that we can still be profitable. But the biggest thing is you still want to just take care of your expenses. Yeah. And so we can actually drop our price per night by 50, $60 a, a, a night and still be profitable, profitable between a thousand to $1,500 a month. Don't use the software that just does it. Yeah, we do. But it fluctuates the price. So you'll put a base price kind of like, so if maybe you run your numbers at 215, um, and so you, maybe you put a base price at 215. I don't want it to drop underneath 195. And then from there, based off seasonality, you know, time of year, the day of the week, um, and little things like that. If there's any important holidays or things coming up, it raises it. So it, it may go plus 15 because it's a Friday plus another 20 because it's Labor Day weekend. You know what I mean? So maybe that night in itself at your base price of 215, at that point, maybe it'd be, 260 for that night because it's the, because of those those um indicators or mm -hmm. those little three things that'll change it um and so when it goes in there it, it slowly just navigates your price up and down just based off of how far it's out and things like that so we use uh yeah we use a, a software for that also 
What's going on, Edwin? Thanks for tuning in, bro. Edwin Rodriguez. What up, Edwin? Oh, how how close are you to hitting your goals? I didn't hit I didn't hit my biggest goal this year. I didn't make a million net this year. <laughs> um shit, to be honest with you, bro, I don't even remember what the goal was, which means I didn't I didn't say it enough. Oh, you didn't write it down. I enough. didn't write it down enough. I didn't I think we just kind of um because I I I didn't really have a goal. I knew last year we were trying to get to a quarter million. Um, I believe this year we changed that. We might have might have pushed to a million, um, but I don't think we got close to it. But I don't think it's because of just I think it was more just internally. We didn't get there. All right. The Airbnb game. Sorry, I don't know who this is. Facebook. Maybe it's user. Cletus. It's not. Maybe it's Cletus. It's a white arm. Cletus tunes in. Um, <laughs> it's a white arm. <laughs> <laughs> that narrows it down a little bit. That narrows it down a little bit. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, but writing them down every day, I still mm. struggle with it. Yeah. Because sometimes like it, it goes in like the discipline aspect of like, no, just fucking write it down. So at least you know where your energy's going and like what you're actually working towards. Yeah. I mean, we hit a million in rev. Mm -hmm. That but That's easy. I, I personally think that's easy, right? Like you'll hit next year, you'll hit close to a million in rev with fucking Airbnb, right? But it's not a million. Yeah. Net. Yeah. So this year, so this year, and, and I can clear that up a little bit too. Um, Because I think the last thing I posted out there was kind of... um just the biggest thing is is obviously you put things out there to just get people to ask questions really right and so one of the questions that kind of came up was like you know it showed up to this point um that we had grossed somewhere around it was like ninety eight thousand dollars this year um and so i say gross because understand that's just a payoff from airbnb so every time someone books that includes our cleaning fees um, and, and whatever Airbnb fees that Airbnb takes out of theirs. But so that's just the payoff. This is what they deposited into our bank account throughout the year, $98,000. Um, we have one property that actually, this will actually be a year for that property because we started it in December. So we're coming up on um, a few month, a few weeks to where that one will actually be a 12 month uh, revenue because that one, I believe the first holiday we got was probably Christmas. Okay. Um, an and then our month. second one, actually didn't start till March. So we're not even a full year in on that one. And then our third one, we literally have only had one booking. So up to that point, you talk about literally probably, we'll just say two Airbnbs up to that point, right? Um, expenses, you take those out, we're probably looking somewhere around $40,000 in expenses, um, just from rents, supplies, um, getting stuff ready like that. Um, and so right there, we're probably around 60,000 net. And then whatever it took for us to get it going. So yeah. one of them cost us twenty, the other one cost us around fifteen, so thirty-five thousand. So we're we're probably profiting somewhere. What is that? Twenty-five. So we've netted twenty-five thousand dollars this year um, from Airbnb. But essentially, if you look at it, they both have paid themselves, paid for themselves yeah. already. So when going into next year, now you start talking pure profit because now we're in infinite returns. Besides your monthly mortgage, besides payments. our monthly mortgage, which is our just typical expenses, but yeah. I have no more of my money into yeah, into those uh, into, it. into it, so that's why it'd be an infinite return for me. And for you guys watching, most people online are going to talk about gross numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless they're really really big, and the dudes who are making really really big money, mm -hmm. they don't ever talk in gross numbers. Like, no, I net yeah million dollars because that's what's really important. Yeah. Like, I'm not out, I'm not out here trying to like front in front of people and say like man we've made almost a hundred you know a hundred thousand dollars just strictly off airbnb like no there, there are expenses to that it's a marketing ploy though like, it so is for our youtube stuff yes i use all of our gross numbers mm -hmm. because that's what people google mm -hmm. right hey, that's, that's what, what you get taxed on that's right and that's what you get taxed <laughs> on but as far as um most people when they say yeah we have a seven figure company they're not netting no, seven figures no. unless you're doing something with absolutely zero operating overhead mm -hmm. and that would only be you coaching with no assistance and like you're just a badass person right mm -hmm. but generally unless they're making three million they aren't netting a million i'd say in most companies it's like a teaching salary right they tell you that you make forty thousand dollars but that forty thousand dollars is, is is gross yeah that's not counting you know whatever's coming out for your union and your your medical and all that stuff so you you're really not netting forty thousand dollars a year you know what i'm saying and so um it's it's the that same sucks. thing yeah my first my first year in teaching i i made uh I filed taxes at $60,000 that was teaching the full year um, and coaching three sports and teaching adult school. So I taught a, a adult adult class online um, when, was it twice a week. 
dude. So I always tell people I busted my ass. <laughs> I busted my ass bro, to make sixty grand, and it was good money at the time. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you really think, and I grossed sixty thousand that year. So essentially, I've been able to replace that income that I busted my ass for. Like literally, you talk about teaching from you know getting to school at seven o'clock, going to a sport around two thirty, three o'clock, um, and then on days, well, you know, I did varsity, so I'm getting out at like seven, right? Wow. And if it's an adult school class, um, then I was there till nine on two days out of the week. So when I say busting my ass, I busted my ass to make sixty grand to grow sixty thousand dollars, and so. When I look at Airbnb, I pretty much just replaced what I used to bust my ass to get. Jeez, that's so much work. Mm -hmm. it, it's a, it's it's crazy how your world just shifts, mm -hmm. and you again you just think better or you find a different vehicle that fucking serves you. Yeah, and anyone can do it. That, I think that's what I love the most about it. Is 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 like I for some reason I feel like it's it's hard for people to understand the concept of buying rentals, but it's a little bit easy when you think about just buying a rental, and as long as you're able to. You, you're not looking for huge cash flow as a rental at that point. If you're just looking to, you know, get some money, make some money, maybe you're saying, hey, it'll cash flow $200 as a traditional rental. You don't really need that income because you're doing, you have your own job already. It's not a wash, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's not, it's not coming out. It's not an alligator, uh, alligator property like Michael Zuber would say, right? So now you don't bought it in a good neighborhood. You know, if you put a long-term tenant in there, you'd make at least about $200 a month off of it. Since it's in a good neighborhood, now you can turn it into an Airbnb, and maybe that turns into five hundred to a thousand dollars a month for you. Like I feel like that's a little bit easier for people to kind of. It makes more sense for somebody, I guess. Yeah. When you talk about a couple hundred bucks, they're like, ah, I don't want to deal with tenants, blah blah blah. But the idea of turning buying a property and putting it, turning it into an Airbnb, and, and paying a twenty percent management fee makes sense to people because now they they don't have to deal with tenants, they don't have to deal with turnover. And they can still probably make between five hundred to a thousand dollars a month off of it. And then you can actually stack them. Mm -hmm. And I still think you can buy single family houses, but you just got to buy a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I think you really just need some to be, people don't have the endurance to do it. No, like you need to be prepared mm -hmm. and well capitalized too. Is mm -hmm. the other thing. I agree. Yeah, I hate single family rules. <laughs> what, what else are we doing? Hopefully, we lock up a storage facility. Um, we're negotiating on an owner finance deal right now. That should be pretty exciting. What are the goals that I have? The net million was the biggest one. But again, like I didn't take a check out of one of our companies for a year. Mm -hmm. And that's where all of my focus went. But then it's like, okay, what can I now accomplish? Mm -hmm. If I've so I've put that thing on autopilot, now it's still growing without me. Now what else can I focus on? Do I really blow it up and actually boost our income numbers? Mm -hmm. While I'm still getting a check from that company. Yeah. Now I'm excited for that. As you should. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to really put it in perspective because uh, this is year three for both of us, right? Finishing year three, probably. And when you kind of look at kind of the year, it's easy to sometimes say, like, man, like you know, you got sometimes. What have I done this year? What 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 did I plan on doing? Um, and I feel like in those first few years, um, our last podcast was titled kind of um, called uh, "Stacking Bricks," mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And so we essentially said that that was just like little habits, small habits that ultimately will eventually blow up. Right. Yeah. And so I think your first few years in real estate is really, that's really what it is. You're just stacking bricks. Yeah. So it may not feel like it's a lot, but I mean, you're building to something and then probably around that, you know, year five, year six mark, as we are able to kind of see with Jason, shit just kind of blows up. And then that's when people are like, oh, it must be nice. But they didn't understand that the first couple of years of just stacking bricks. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the skills compound on each other. Yeah. You for know sure. what I'm saying? Like, so it feel like we're not doing a lot. But like when you really look at it, I mean, I've we've added two more Airbnbs this year. Um, right. And I'm reading book Gap and the Gain. Because mm -hmm. I think that's the number one thing most entrepreneurs, at least who are like me, struggle with. Mm -hmm. I know I struggle with it like crazy. To where you're measuring yourself against an ideal that doesn't even exist and it's in your head instead of where you came from. Yeah. To where no Stratton, like three years ago, you and Zeno were homeless and eating bananas and rice. Now you make a lot of money. Well, not mm -hmm. a lot, of, relatively not a lot of money, but you make more money than you did. Yeah. A whole lot more money than you did. Mm -hmm. Right. But then it's like, okay, it's hard to go off that perspective when you're so fucking headstrong, push forward, more, 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 more. Mm -hmm. And so instead of taking that perspective, like, okay, no, like, where were you? Three years ago. Yeah. Right. And that's a crazy dynamic that it's hard to keep in check, bro. At least for me. I mean, my expenses in itself is like, you know, you look <laughs> at the just beginning of the year. We I, I always bragged about being uh what I used to always say I, I was low um 
my 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 turn not my turn but my budget each month was very I did at a low low rate in the sense I didn't have a lot of experiences expenses mm -hmm. um and then it's funny because today just happened to be the first so <laughs> you know what I mean you start it's looking here. at some of the stuff that got to kind of come out and you're just like shit I used to be kind of you know thin you know <laughs> you used to be running on a slim little little thing here but um, that that'll tell you a lot about the growth too. I think Jason made a post the other day about you know first of the month's coming up. It's time for his private money lenders to get paid, and he was paying out I think like forty forty five pretty much forty five thousand dollars in yeah. private money fees. You know, so some people can be like, "Fuck, you're paying forty five thousand dollars to your private money lenders," but like really think about that. Right, and he's gonna be, he wants to pay out a lot more, but but you know, a whole lot but, more. but but think about that. You know what I mean? Like, what do you have that fucking totals up to that much in just I got interest I have a decent amount of you know what I mean. You got a decent amount of shit that you you I know where, where you can stroke a forty five thousand dollar check and be and be thankful for like hey who else can I pay? Yeah, <laughs> that is very. Hey guys, I'm paying forty five thousand dollars out to my uh, private money lenders. Do you want to be next? All right, I, I need more monthly payments. <laughs> I need more monthly payments. How 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 do I how do I create more here? I mean, more overhead the better. Uh, as in a way, the more overhead the better because it means I'm growing. Mm -hmm. Right, because we have a fuck ton of overhead in one of our companies. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like I never thought I'd be writing a check like that for anything. Yeah, and fucking payroll. Oh, bro, you should you should see me. <laughs> bro, I'm sitting there pulling up bank accounts. Like, well, okay, if I pull it from this one, <laughs> <laughs> then, I, then I I can pay this person out of this one. You know, but like it's funny because like it's a problem that you're sitting there stressing over. And then you really start thinking like, damn, like this is wild to even be in this situation. Like you you should almost be thankful. For that situation, as hard as it may seem in that in, in that moment. Oh yeah, like because my wife called me like, "Hey, where you at?" Because I want to go grab my coffee and stuff uh, this morning. I'm moving money around, and I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here uh, <laughs> figuring out these payments. <laughs> so she's like, oh, "All right," you know what I mean? I'm like, "Okay," you know, you really got to like start working it out. And you really think about like you're talking about a span of you know, I'm nowhere near where Jason's at in a sense, but if you're talking about say forty five thousand dollars, maybe he only he got fifteen in this one, you know, but he don't or he got a hundred in this one and he don't want to pull it from that one because the end of the year is coming, right? Yeah, and your tax on what you what you got in your bank. Yeah, so like maybe you need to move it to this nonprofit to be able to spend it on this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those are those are real chess pieces, man, that people people be dealing with, and so they're they're blessings. The problems that we we sometimes no, stress over blessings. now, you know, there are blessings. Uh, anybody speaking of blessings, we need to bless more families. If you guys know anybody mm -hmm. who needs help with Christmas, please reach out to us. Send us a DM. It'll be completely anonymous. Completely anonymous. They won't know you sent us. We'll just pop up. I'll put Stratton in the Christmas suit or something. I mean, it doesn't even have to be. I want to <laughs> do it as like anonymous as possible. Yeah. If you guys can just give us Christmas lists and families, we'll go buy them. Yeah. But I think again, no kids should go without toys. Mm -hmm. I love toys for sure, for sure. I agree. I agree. So again, DM us that so we can and help those people out. One thing we still try and talk about a lot, bro. Give more. Like if you can help out families, even if you don't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. When me and Zeno were dead broke, I still gave gave away ten percent of my income. Mm -hmm. I still would just go donate it. There you just go. giving that, being able to give then. Mm -hmm. Makes it so much easier to give now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like being able to give, even though it's like, oh fuck, man, we gotta go give away ten dollars, made a hundred dollars. Yeah. But being able to do that when that fucking hundred dollars meant the entire world to us. Yeah. As to compared to now, we go give away ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Like it's not as big of a difference. Ooh. Ooh. Right. But I mean, and it feels good. Yeah. Like me and Kalani went and um gave a bunch of money away on Thanksgiving. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. This one, this one woman cried, and I was like, "I don't know." She was like, "I don't know." It's fine. It's, it's fine, like that's like the like it's almost it's like the best thing ever, and it, you know, just to, in a sense of just being able to. It, it's a tough situation because you never want to do it, you know, for just people to see you do it. But it's the feeling of doing it that is so amazing that it's almost like which ones, which ones. Well, you want to see the impact. Yeah, you want you do. You like you can give, you can give, and low key, I'm not gonna lie, it kind of sucks to just give and like not be able to see the impact of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I'm like infamous for being the person to, you know, pay for the next 10 cars behind me and pull over to the side, you know, out the way and just kind of just watch as as they go up and make the order. <laughs> to, because I that's that's what I enjoy. I enjoy seeing the impact or yeah. just the relief of something. You know what I mean? Like to me that's what makes it worth it for me. Yeah. Not that they know 
but that I can just see the impact of it. And so, yeah, bro, I'll, I'll go park fucking in a parking lot, you know, a little above the way and just be kind of just like, you know, then you see them yeah. go up and then place they order. Yeah. And then you see them get ready to pull, pull the card out the window and they're like, oh, no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh, yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and then more gifts. I need to get better gift giving. Mm-hmm. We, I try and do really good. Kalani handles like most of our gifts, but like gifts to friends that are actually like personalized and actually mean mm-hmm. something. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Yeah. But you're like, oh, yeah, he'd like this. Yeah. I'm not good at that. Like, I'm not good. I don't know how to get better at it either. Yeah. No. Well, it, it, honestly, that's kind of what I hate about the holidays, to be honest with you. Because like you have all the people that you know mean a lot to you that you, you want to make sure that you, but then this, it ends up being a lot of people. Yeah, and so then it becomes like another job and you're just like hey y'all like you know i love you like <laughs> you know i love you man like if Bro. you don't get nothing don't take it don't take it no way man i just i got overwhelmed thinking about it right i get overwhelmed and then it's not it's not um authentic if i have my assistant go buy it yeah like exactly. jay-z go buy this for them like I, I don't know think of something they like dogs they like dogs right but then it's not authentic when they get it and blah mm-hmm. blah blah do they use it Gift giving is hard, bro. And like now that you actually have money, you can like think of something really cool. Mm-hmm. But then you gotta wait for it to come. You gotta wait for it to come. And <laughs> at this point, like nobody can buy me gifts because I just go fucking buy it. Yeah, I think that's the hard part. Nah, fuck adults. that. I still take gift cards. If you guys out there, I still take gift cards. You do? I think. Fuck gift, yeah, I love. I don't cards. like gift cards for gifts because they don't like. It's like, oh yeah, here's some cash. No, I love giving gift cards too. I don't think it means the same. Like I want it means something to me. Okay, it means something to you, but I want to mean something to them. It should. You know what they like? No, but that's your job, bro. That's the whole. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if I know what they like, like I'll go get someone a, a gift card at Home Depot. Like I, like I know a lot of people would any wish man, that they had. Okay, to, any man yeah, can bro. get a gift card to Home Depot. But hundred, but because how hard is it to go and and justify that you spent two three hundred dollars at Home Depot on like this tool that you really didn't need, but you always been eyeing it? Your wife's not going to be okay with that. But now, if you got a gift card to Home Depot for two hundred dollars, she can't say shit. So last this year. gift card was for Home Depot. That's why I bought this drill. <laughs> last year, after Christmas, I told I was like, I'm going to the fucking Home Depot, and I bought a fucking sawzall to chop down our Christmas tree because it was too big to get out of our house. Uh huh. And that was my early birthday present. <laughs> See, <laughs> like the most head ass. I can't go inside Home Depot. I love Home Depot, bro. I love Home Depot. I love it. I, I walk down the tool section sometimes just to see if there's something that I might need. Oh, God, I've been looking at this. Like oh. all the Milwaukee stuff for all those accessories. <laughs> I, I get it. And I open up the booklet and I'm like, oh man, what could I do with all of this? Bro, I got shit sitting in the garage that I ain't touched, but I got it in case I need I it. Got, I got you it. Know what I mean, ain't nothing worse than needing something like fuck. I gotta go to Home Depot. I, we went and bought it was a three hundred dollar sawzall. Like the M18. But you can you, you but those is good though. You can use you know what I mean you can use them for a lot of things. Use it to cut down the Christmas tree, pieced it off, and then I went and did all the yard work outside. Because so, I'm a man. So that's why I think that's why I personally like gift cards, because I think anyone who's responsible in a sense of like, yes, you can buy you can buy them something. And if you know them really, really well, then, yes, you know, yes, buy them something. I like gift cards because they give someone the ability to spend spend money that's not necessarily their money. So they don't feel guilty doing so. Like someone like my wife, she won't just go buy herself something because she never puts herself first. Is that the most frustrating thing ever? Yes. So I buy it. So I buy it for right. So that's why I buy her a gift. But like, if you're buying a gift for my wife, it's different. She doesn't have you know three kids. Nothing. You don't know exactly what size she's wearing. You don't want to fucking. You don't want. You know what I'm saying. You don't want to sit there and um, disrespect her or whatever it may be by getting something too big or you get something too small. Now she feels self conscious about it. So like a gift card for those people are they work because they don't like to spend money on themselves. And you don't really know kind of like what to get them. So you get them a gift card and you just really just let them go pick out what they like. So that's why I'm a big fan of gift cards. I don't know your kid more than you know your kid. So I'm going to go ahead and get you a Target gift card <laughs> or an Amazon gift card. I think kids And you can easy, buy though. your kid something. Huh? I think kids are easy, though. Like, Because I'll ask you, like, bro, what is, mm-hmm. does your girl like dolls? She yeah. Goes, all kids like toys. Yeah, I get it. Not all. If, if it's a man and... Generally, if you get them a gift card to Home Depot, every man loves a new drill. For sure. If you don't want a new drill, you're not a man. Like I bought, I just bought, I bought a new ladder because in a new Airbnb we had to get to some lights. Because I'm, I'm the we're, we're the we're the people that go into a house and if we see yellow lights, we're like, oh, I hate it. Where's the daylight lights at? 
So we yeah. literally change every light bulb everywhere. Why didn't you just get one of those sticky things? Huh? Why didn't you just get a sticky? Because it was like one of those, uh, not the dome lights, but the um, the ones with the little thing you got to push and take out. Oh. They got the little fluorescent light. Yeah. The little bars. I hate those. Right? It was one of those. And like it's like 10-foot ceilings in like the kitchen. So I, I was like, ah, this little step stool ain't doing it. And had always been seeing uh, this ladder at a- uh, You go get a little giant? I got a little giant from uh, Costco, actually. Mm. And my uncle was like, hey, you get a little giant, we got a little giant. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my dad snapped his finger in half the other day. Well, last time I was in Salt Lake, so we we're on the little giant and it's up and he didn't lock it in. And his hands are right here. <sighs> Broke his finger. Bone popping out. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Your dad's a savage. Dude. Bro, my dad. He gets hurt every year. Bro, he, he just broke his rib snowboarding. <laughs> then he feel, he like fell off the roof Six like weeks, last year, didn't he? Bro, four weeks ago. <laughs> four weeks ago, my dad died for four minutes. He was oh, unconscious, not breathing, had a fucking heart attack. And then he goes snowboarding and breaks a rib. That's and then awesome. a couple weeks before that, he had a heart attack. A couple weeks before that, he broke his rib because he fell down a pit. Like, Mike Brown, if you're watching this, you're a Spartan and a savage. You know, like, and it's funny because if you meet him, like, it, first first off, when you see him, the first thing you got to do is just laugh because you're like, bro, you're a fucking Spartan, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's just, it, it tells you a lot about him, you oh, know? He doesn't it, take pain pills. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, dude. He doesn't, well, he doesn't take pain pills because a dude who I grew up with who worked for my dad got in a really bad accident and broke his back, started mm -hmm. taking pills. Ended up being a drug addict, and it's like not an uncommon thing. No, for sure, for like pills either. to heroin. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you wouldn't think they'd correlate, but that's exactly what they, they do. They okay, so we're gonna switch this up real quick, right? When I first graduated uh, from college and I was applying because I got my degree in criminology, um, and so when I was applying for different agencies and stuff like that, you know, the questions come up kind of like, "Have you ever, you know, taken prescription pills that aren't yours?" What, a lot of people are taking prescription pills that's not necessarily theirs. But then you really every college football game, and you start thinking about it. And when we talk about football and you know going to the next level, especially you know, especially the NFL, right? And you go through some of these games, and you really start thinking about these collisions. And I really thought about, it and I was like, man, like, it, was it oxy? No, what was the painkiller? No, but we got oxy. Was it oxy? What, no, what was the big one though? It was it was one. I don't know if Percocets. they said, No, this is before Percocets. This was that they took it out. They stopped prescribing it. Um, it might have been oxycodone. But I mean, but like when I had two surgeries in college, mm -hmm. and I got like two full bottles. Yeah, like wild and low key. We went hard with them because the best time to get them was at yeah. the end of the year because that's when everybody came with their slings because they had their fucking labrum <laughs> their labrum tears. You know, you know what I mean? Like you come you come back from the bowl game and you go to the first meeting at the beginning of the year. Yep. And all of a sudden you got like five dudes, six dudes in the back of the thing and they arm in the sling because they have their freaking sitting in their recliner. Yep. Because they done had a labrum tear all year and you didn't know about it, right? Exactly. And they all got freaking in oxy. And so like that was just like the thing. Like after a game, like and you didn't do it like, hey, we just want to abuse these pills. Bro, my like, senior year, I'd have to take two for every game on the, my neck. I would I would take them on a plane. On a plane ride. So right after we finished the game. You know, you hop in the shower, they gave you your chicken and, you know, stuff like yeah. that on the on the bus. Um, and then we'd pop one. So by the time you got on the plane, you know, because that's usually once the adrenaline wears right, off on that plane and then you're on a plane. Yeah. And you're stuffy. just sore and just so then you would just pop a pill to just get through it. And you really like start thinking about that. And you're just like, damn, like, that's real shit. That's, I mean, like you're giving 18 year olds like narcotics. And I'm not a bad dude. But I mean, it can. It be. made me feel good. Like, well, like you know, what I mean, it made my, it made my, it made it, it made it okay. I guess walking around in my body during those times when I don't know if you probably could, which is another sign of just how physical the fucking game is, bro. Like, you know, and this is a thing that just, I mean, obviously, people, you know, I, I, everyone's always like, well, they get paid tons of money now to do the, to do this thing, and, and you get it, you get the sacrifice that it takes, and. It's, I don't, it's fun. Only some people get paid tons of money, bro. Yeah. At the end of the day, okay, you make $250,000 for two years of your life. Mm -hmm. it, it does not change your life. For 16 weeks. For 16 weeks. Like, mm -hmm. So you made 200, like after taxes, generally at the league minimum, you'll make like 250. It's got to be higher than 250 now. Oh, 250. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, but that's wild, right? If you don't yeah. have a good CPA, none of them, no team even lines up with the CPA. They give you a yeah. financial advisor, but not a fucking CPA. Like, so you don't know what to do with the fucking money to write it off. Yep. That's not going to take care of you forever. No, it's, it's not. And it, it, it is a lot at that time. 
I was just listening to your podcast a couple of days ago where the guy was like, everybody's uh, first goal is to make six figures, right? Right. And so if you think about it, you make it to the NFL, that's it's, the goal don't change. Like someone gives you a check for $350,000, you're like, oh my goodness. When you haven't had anything, right? Six figures means a lot. So you get 350 and you're just like, I can go buy this. I can go buy that. But then it just doesn't last. This forever. Hellcat is only only 100 grand. I still got 200 left. Like, you know what I mean? Right. That's a lot of money. So then you go buy a Hellcat, you know, not realizing that that 200 is going to be gone real fast once tax season comes up. Real fast. And then. Because none of them got an LLC to write that Hellcat off. No, they're all W2 employees. If you really think about it. You, yep. No one has an entity that they can sit there and buy the car out of and, you know, stuff like that. Like, that would be smart if you talk about financial advice. Yeah. Like, yeah, we know you're going to buy a car. You just got this big ass signing bonus. I, those people, I'm sure. Right. They have people doing it. But I give you a regular Joe Schmo, bro. Like, we both mm -hmm. know dudes who've been in and out and like they played like two years. But like, what do you really have to show for it? Mm -hmm. It's kind of wild to think about. It's sad. It's sad. What were we talking about? My dad doing your dad being a Spartan, fucking getting hurt Mike every Brown year. Being a Spartan. Oh, and then spending more time with family. I watched a video the other day of Alex Ramosi saying he doesn't go home for the holidays. And I completely disagree with it because he's like, well, when people try and project onto me like who I used to be. Is what he said. Like, That's kind of true, though. I mean, yes, but like at this point, I don't give a fuck. Like, no, you don't know me. Mm -hmm. But he said, like, yeah, it like takes me a while to unwind and like wipe off all that bullshit energy, like mm -hmm. in a nutshell. But for me, like, I try and spend as much time with my family as possible. I think I've been emotionally scarred from all the things that happened to my dad. Right? Yeah. Well, so, yeah. You 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 value those. Like, those I values, value yeah. it. So, like, I'm I'm going home whenever I can. Like, oh no, yeah. we're going for all December. Yeah. And I was like, where are you going? Well, I'm going to Salt Lake. You well, why are you going to Hawaii? Well, I'm going with my parents. Like, I actively yeah. spend money on those things, mm -hmm. even though some people may, might think, like, why are you doing all that? You're spending so much money. Yeah. I have, how old are my parents? Like 60? Okay. I have 20 years. Yeah. I have 20 years left of them, maybe 10 years while they're still active. If your dad's going to keep being a Spartan. I mean, Mike Brown, <laughs> Mike Brown will always be active. You know Mike what I mean? Brown will always be active. My man go pass out on a bike. That's, it. <laughs> that's right. just what it is, you know? But, you know, I feel like that's also, like, those ones are the ones that's easy to kind of get through because when someone lives their life on their terms, man, like, like there's nothing that I can say no. that will not make me feel uh, selfish. You know what I mean? Like they enjoyed every moment. That's awesome. You know, cause people pray for that, you know, things like that. Um, tying into what you're saying with your man, not going home for the holidays. Um, for a long time, like I sucked with family time when it comes to my parents, cause my parents are split. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been split since I was three. So I've known my stepmom, you know, forever. since I forever. You know what I mean? My step parents are pretty much like parents. parents. They, they I, I don't know no one else. And so as I started, we started having kids. The holidays just became tough because my mom's in Sanger. I'm in Southeast Fresno. So my mom's a little bit closer. Yeah. And then my dad's off Ashland in 99 or Shaw 99. So deep. So now you talk about going, you know, Thanksgiving. Swinging to my mom's about 20 minutes to get to Sanger, 15, 20 minutes to get to Sanger, get to her house. And then coming from there, you're literally talking about going on the opposite side of Fresno. You know, the kids fall asleep in the car, yeah. waking them up on the way there. It just became too much for us. And so then we just like, look, we'll come here for Thanksgiving. We'll go there for Christmas. And then next year we'll flop it. Yeah. And this isn't even including my wife's family. Yeah. So thankfully, her parents are still married. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so that definitely helps. Um but recently I had went to went to my dad's and kind of talking about like the reminders of what you used to be and stuff like that. And it, it is different, you know, but those are those are that's the way you were raised. Those are a lot of the values that you have come do come from that. So there are there are a lot of good things that come from. I mean, more <clears> of them <throat> talking about like your personality traits. But right? the problem is we I get there an exponential rate. And, and, you know, and then my brother, he's talking about like, you know, someone needing a job. Uh, um, just, you know, hooking it up and like all these things are just like, ugh, I'm sitting there like cringing. Like, what do you mean? Like, hook it up. Like, I, like, how do you like, you got to want to hook yourself up. Like, I almost seem like a, a dick sitting there because I'm just like, there's like, they got to want to do something for themselves before I can try to do something for them. Like, That's what, the hard part, though. You know what I mean? And so, like, I see what he's saying. Like, like going back, it's like a constant reminder or sometimes that it's hard because I'm sitting there cringing, cringing the whole time because to someone else, it looks like you've gone so far. And it's like, hey, help me get up there with you. And it's like, no. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, well, you no, do like, everything is... within your power, bro. You huh? do everything within your power to help people get there. You do. 
I know you do. No, if 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 there's a desire to want to do so. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not here to encourage. I don't want to say encourage, but I'm not here to motivate somebody to do something. No. Like you can talk to me about what you want to do. And at the end of the day, like I get it because everyone talks about what they want to do. Like, what have you done? My job isn't to get you up off your ass and get you networking with people like it doesn't have to be in real estate. Find something that you're really good at. Just fucking use the vehicle. And just use the vehicle and find out some way to monetize it. But you have to dive into it. I knew shit about real estate three years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing. But I've I've dedicated a lot of my life, uh, uh, you know, my relationships, my time with my kids. Like those are things that I sacrifice to get really good at something that I can monetize. So, no, I can't hook you up. Yeah. You well, got to sacrifice something. For like aunts and uncles and everything else, like one thing I struggle with is like, oh, yeah, like you're still a kid. Like, no, bitch. Like, do not ever talk to me that way. <laughs> I'll be tripping like that. Uh, like, for, but that's 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 you. That's your personality. That's though. my personality, yeah. though, right? Like, I'm a grown-ass man. Like, who the fuck yeah. are you bossing around? Yeah. Like, I'm not your fucking employee. You go do that shit. Like, I'm, yes, I was at a point in time your nephew, right? But I'm a grown-ass mm-hmm. man now. Like, to where people will talk wild. Like, bro, I got three kids. Like, bitch. <laughs> I got a fucking kid. I got yeah. boy, I, got, I my shit's together. Who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah. To where that that shit will always set me off. Yeah. That shit will always set me off. To where like if I go to a family party and someone says something out of pocket, I may or may not like I have I have to keep myself calm. Your patience are a little bit different. My patience is so much different, yeah. right? But I mean the one thing I will not ever tolerate is disrespect. For sure. Disrespect. I mean, I but I don't expect I will never tell my children to respect their elders if the elders don't respect them. If well, someone is disrespecting my child, my child says, no, don't talk to me that way. I'm like, okay. For sure, that's different. But I, I am a huge advocate for how I treat people. I mean, but and, they and treat I, people with respect. Our children I treat, treat, I people, treat with respect. people with respect regardless of how they may respond or how they may reciprocate those feelings. Because my, to me, my value is always treating people the way that I would want to be you know, treated. It's It's... They teach it to you at a very young age. Now that doesn't that doesn't mean you get disrespected, that, right? You should be okay with it. No, you stand up for yourself, like you know. Sorry, I I don't think I called you out of your name. I, I really don't appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. But like I will never treat someone nasty because that's how they reciprocated a feeling towards me. I'm sorry you feel that way. Um, maybe we should just end this meeting now. But we won't sit here and, and go and, and go through this. But you know I, what I mean, I take it even with like coaches, right? Yeah. To where if a coach is talking sideways to you and you're like, no, I feel like you're disrespecting me. I think as an adult or even once you hit college or high school, you need to speak up for yourself. College. I wouldn't say high school. If they're like blatantly. Well, like, that's co- different. Right? But no one coaches high school football. And I say it all the time. No one coaches high school football because we want to disrespect kids. Let's be real. High school football. There's nothing that's fucking worth it. There's no, no nothing that's fucking worth going to go through all that high school football has to bring. So I can talk shit to a 15 year old. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I mean, but dude, still do it, right? To where, like, if maybe not- depending on what kind of program you're in, but like, let's be real, like, in yeah. any top program, like, there's not, dude, like, I'm, I was coaching. I'm not fucking coaching so I can go talk shit to you. I can go talk shit to anybody on fucking social media. I don't have to go talk, talk shit to a high school kid. And it's not talking shit, right? But then, like, the coaching of, like, hey, mm-hmm. you're dog shit, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, no, never to do where, you like, degrade that, someone like, like that. We don't want to Nick Tolfit. Right? You don't want <laughs> fuck Nick Tolfit. <laughs> Fuck Nick Toth. I said it. You want to Nick Toth it? You know what I mean? But like, I'm a but huge advocate. That situation, from... like, as in your that's college, different. Like, and, like, and Thomas said it. Man. And that's what Philip said one day. He was just like, hey, he's like, bro, like, don't fucking talk to me like that. Like, you know what I mean? But, but he was being super disrespectful. And like, what he had said to the definitely to the wrong person because you know it's kind of like Philip's like like you like, bro. He was just like, you don't fucking talk to me like that. No, but like, you know I think everybody should stand yeah. up for themselves like that because it sets the situation the right way, and then you don't sit there and. Let it all build up, and then you're like, "Oh man, I, you know what? I'm just gonna kick him in the back of his head." It always comes down to people will treat you the way that you allow them to treat you. At the end of the day, you yeah, know what I mean. Exactly. And so, if you're in it a situation, have to be abrasive though. It doesn't have to be abrasive. It doesn't have to be. Abrasive. But you, your standard on how people treat you, it it, de- it definitely has to be known. And you say that a lot with like, um, you know, women in the industry, right? Women in in um, real estate and stuff like that, right? You're out there being provocative, being very flirtatious stuff like that but then you're mad on someone slides in your dms and they say something that you feel is disrespectful well that's what that's what you've cultivated to allow to come to you 
Now, when you're shutting shit down, you know, shutting shit down and, and you're constantly, you know, letting people know this is professional. This is what I do. This is what we don't do. No one ever crosses that line. But no, if someone crosses the, the line with you, there's a reason why they cross the line with you, because you've you've made them feel like that was OK. Yes and no, because, there are again, I think there's a lot of out-of-pocket people, right? There's out-of-pocket people, but there's far and few between. But when it's constantly happening like that, like, that's just what it is. People treat you the way that you allow them to treat you. Treat you. If, you're, if, if you keep dating people and you keep fucking attracting dicks and people uh, okay, who are well, fucking disrespectful a, yeah. to you, it's the same shit in, no matter, in all walks of life. You're, why are you attracting these people? Yeah, but, uh, yes. I ain't got hoes reaching out to me. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not spraying that scent into the atmosphere, bro. Where I'm attracting hoes, like that's just that's what it is. And I, I mean, when it comes like back to the disrespect thing, though, like I think it goes from the very bottom up to the very top, and I think it's needed, right? And it goes into the leadership thing, right? Like leadership is not talking to people disrespectfully; mm-hmm. it is really having an honest conversation with people, and I. But like, if someone disrespected a manager or a manager disrespected someone else, like, right? I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. you're out because mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be that way. Like, have an adult conversation. Like, yes, you don't need to lose your temper like me. Like, to where I one thing, coach. Shout out, Coach Ward. He was my defensive coordinator my senior year. Okay. And I remember just fucking like, no, fuck you. Like to like a coach. Yeah. Like, no, don't fucking talk to me that way. And Coach Ward was like, bro, just go up to him. When no one else is around, like, hey, I did not appreciate the way you talked to me. Mm-hmm. I'm a grown-ass man. You're a grown-ass man. If you talk to me like that on the street, we both know what happened. Mm-hmm. And leave it at that. It's fair. And then everything is taken care of from mm-hmm. that. It's fair. And what we will say about disrespect, disrespect is not being told something that you didn't want to hear or being no. held accountable to something. That's not what dis- someone being disrespectful to you means. So for all the young guys or young girls out there who are listening or watching this podcast, I hear it a lot. Oh, he disrespected me. Oh, I ain't gonna let him disrespect me. No, he no, just told no. you that you need to get your shit together. Like that—that's not disrespect. That's just an honest evaluation of where you are. When we're talking about disrespect, bro, I, I think me and Mike saw one of the worst disrespectful people I think I've ever yeah, seen in my life. For sure. To where like you're saying out of pocket shit to someone about something else. Like no, bro. Like just. Yeah, give that. You can be straightforward though, because yeah. I'm really one hundred percent. I'm like, sure. hey, like we fucking. If suck. you play college sports, you understand that. You under, you, bro. I'm used to, bro. Brother, get the fuck out, bro. Like I get it. I fucked up my assignment, bro. Like <laughs> let me get him out. Let me get out. Like get I get out. it. He's upset, bro. Like this is how they make a living. This is how they feed their families. Like it's personal to them. Oh right, and that's how they feed their families. You, you know what I'm saying? So like me not doing my assignment, like that's You're yeah, bro. Get the, get the fuck out. <laughs> get the fuck out, bro. Like I can't trust you. Like, I, I understand that, you know what I mean? But to just, yeah, they, that person was consistently, and people would just take it in the sense of just like, bro, I'm not, I don't need that energy. Like, you know what I mean? We'll walk away, whatever it may be. But this was like during just like a, it was a period that was very, like, it, it was just like, boom. And at the time, you know, Phil was like leading the nation in interceptions, bro. He, y'all know he was a first unanimous All-American in Fresno State history. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, and he was a, good person great person so when this person has said something to him and it was like him and Derek used to always play games in practice mm-hmm. in a sense of disguising coverages and, and feel coming down making it look this way and so then Derek would check it here and they were fucking good it was like awesome to watch because it told you yeah. a lot about their football IQ yeah right and so it was one of those situations where he's in practice that's where you test your limits right you right. may come can down I come down yeah. this far can I come down it? this far and still be able to get get back yeah and so it was one of those situations right he, he's trying to test how far his range can go Derek checks it does his little thing and he gets beat on assignment which he knew he would if he couldn't get back yeah and so then that's when the disrespectful thing kind of came out and he was like don't fucking talk to me like that like you know what i mean like bro like this dude's over here trying to be great actually taking risk in practice when a lot of people are afraid of failing in practice and that's why they're so good in the game well, and we can take this into leadership, right? You don't ever want your people to be afraid to fail to where when I played football, everyone was afraid to fail. And then it doesn't cultivate leaders and it doesn't develop talent because mm-hmm. if you're always afraid to fail and you can't think freely and go out and do new things, mm-hmm. then no one else will ever be able to step up and be a leader because like they're all so uh, uh, mm-hmm. no one's ever going to develop. Yep. 
so the way you get people to vote, like, no, like, I encourage you to make failures. If something like that happens, like, hey, bro, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. To where, like, I do it in practice, my coach, but bro, I was like, well, I was trying this, seeing if I could make it. They're like, they'll never get upset. If you never. have a reason to why you did it, like, you're not just out there fucking just being a dipshit. Right. Right. You know what I mean? I was trying to see what my range would look like if I, if I actually tried to make it look like cover, yeah. cover two when I knew it was three. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, like, I get it. I, clearly, you can't do that. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no one's going to get mad when there's a method to your madness. And you, when you're leading your people, just ask, right? More mm -hmm. times than not, like, hey, what, well, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. What were you doing? And like, what was your thought process? Yep. And then ask them. And if it wasn't right, then you talk to them about it. Yeah. But I, I did that several times. My coach was like, bro, you ain't like that. But you gotta, you, you're not like, <laughs> that's the lie. But you're not like, you nice, but you're not like that. Bro, right? like, hey, hey, Strat, I love you, bro. You're not the fastest. You're not the fastest, bro. That's not, that's not you. Bro, I, I don't think you can cover that much ground. I'm yeah. And, 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 but so, it's a real conversation, even in leadership. Mm -hmm. You can be like, hey, man, I'm always going to be transparent with you. I don't think we can pull that off. <laughs> I don't think we can pull it off. Next time I would try this, or but now you know. Yeah. Let's just go down three yards instead of eight. I tell people, I say, look, there's when when coaching and just being a leader and stuff like that, there's black and there's black and white. There's there's what you should be doing. And then there's what you shouldn't be doing in sports There's what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. If you're a defensive end, your job is fucking contained. And what you shouldn't be doing is fucking losing contained. That simple. Pass rush and all right. Upfield shoulder. All that good shit. Now, what what happened is I remember I was in a game one day and I was like, coach, like he keep jumping outside, like on my pass rush. He was like, I was like, can I just hit the C gap? Like, I'm pretty sure I get there. Like, you know what I mean? And he's like, don't lose contain. And one thing that I've learned is like there's black and white in everything. And then that gray area is what makes you special. Well, right? and just and do so, the job how you can do the job. Right. But understand that this is the parameters. Yeah, exactly. So what happens is I push up field, dude jumps back, I take the inside, I don't get there. I get my ass chewed out on the sideline. So I can be upset, like, bro, I told you I was gonna go to the C gap. Da, da, da. What was your job? Outside contain. Don't lose contain. I lost it. So I didn't say shit. But you experimented. But I didn't say shit because I knew exactly. that I was taking a risk. But how many other times did I try to do that in a season? Where I fucking knocked it out of the fucking park. Understand, like with that praise, there's gonna come a time where you're not gonna be able to do that gray area like that, like you thought you could, and you gotta just take the you gotta take the the ass chewing with it. Oh yeah. You can't take all the praise and then not be able to take the criticism when it doesn't work out the way that you think that it should work out. And I mean, I everybody should be encouraging their team to try new things, experiment, get kicked in the face, and then you as an entrepreneur and everything else. Mm -hmm. You're doing the same thing, but the only person coaching you is you, right? And you're the worst, mm -hmm. right? You're the most cri critical on yourself. Like, you need to be doing that because that's just another lesson. Yeah. Right. So now I have, okay, this happened last time. This happened last time. This time happened last time. You have all that to play back. It all happens in a split second. Then you make the play of timeout. Yeah. The only way it's ever going to happen is if you keep taking those risks. Keep taking the risks. What we got here from my man, Jake. Uh, what you tolerate becomes your standard 100%. 100%. Shout out Malcolm X. And then how do you is it delineate between harsh slash stern and disrespectful? So harsh is one. So I think harsh is one thing. I'm a lot more direct. Mm -hmm. Tribes like, hey, like right here, right here, right here. Like we really suck. Like you suck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's OK, because yes. like, I always praise them when they're doing yes. good. Yes. Like you're, and you'll you always know like wherever at like last night on the phone, Glenna, I was like, Glenna. Right here and here and here. This sucked. Mm -hmm. What the fuck are we doing? Mm -hmm. She's like, all right, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Awesome. Yeah. You did great. Great job, Glenna. Mm -hmm. But like, at least, like, you know, and I'm a little bit more of a direct leader, and you're going to find out your leadership style, and everybody gets talked to differently. Yes. Everyone. Nothing's the same. Nothing is ever the same. the same. Nothing is fair. Everything is just. Someone may look like they get praised a lot more, but they may be getting praised a whole lot more for what it seems because the shit that they sometimes will fuck up will be a whole lot bigger. Well, and you don't know if that person needs more praise. Mm -hmm. But you don't you don't sometimes know it's a confidence what, thing. It's a confidence thing. You yeah. don't know if they're trying to build them up. Like mm -hmm. that's why like to be able to talk to Nick Saban for like a week, bro, mm -hmm. would be amazing as a business owner. Do you really need to talk to him or do you just need to just watch him? Watch him. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, you really like I, bro, I just need to be able to have access to 
be where he's at in the facilities. Exactly. Like, what's he saying to dudes? Like, yeah. Because I was listening to a. Um, what's the team meeting look like? What's the team meeting look mm-hmm. like? What do, like what's the DB room look like? Mm-hmm. I was listening to a Michael Irvin podcast with um, Andrew Schultz the other day, and he was like, Jimmy Johnson was the best leader because when he was a freshman, and this just goes in like little things you can say to your people. He was like, when I was a freshman, they had like three like top three receivers leave Miami. Mm-hmm. He was in there watching film, and um, Jimmy Johnson walks in and is like, hey. So everybody's talking in the press about who's going to place these three receivers. You know what I told them? Wait till they see Michael Irvin. Right? But, like, just that one thing, mm-hmm. like, he, he knew exactly what made him tick. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's when it goes into leadership. Like, what makes your people tick? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it may be praise. Sometimes, bro, they just want to be just rogue. Like, ah, da, da, da. But that's what helps them. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter, but you got to know each and every person. That's the hard part about leadership. Yeah, I, I wasn't a person that you can talk to. Like you can tell me something, and like I hear it, like you know, and I try to for the, you know, I try to do it. You know what I mean? But they usually take that third time where you just like you're just over it, and you just lash out. And I'm like, fuck, I, oh, I, all right, my bad. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, but that's just I'm I. That's just, with me. It's a sense of urgency. I'm not yeah. good with sense of urgency, and that's why sometimes my back does have to be against the wall because like it has to be like urgent. Yeah, because if it's something that can wait, it's not always a priority to me. Exactly, man. That the leadership and I think sports is what helped me out the most in leadership. Mm-hmm. Like going through Fresno State and seeing all the different dynamics of leadership—the good leadership, the bad leadship. Mm-hmm. I know exactly not what to say to ninety-nine percent of people. A hundred percent. Like at this point, right? Mm-hmm. You're in a room full of a hundred different dudes from across the country, all from different backgrounds. Like, how did this person lead all them? Yeah. Did it go good? Did it go bad? What people did mm-hmm. most of the players like? Who got the most out of all their players? And why? And why? And then you see the traits, and then you can just apply that to your business. Because, mm-hmm. like, as you grow, like, one thing, bro, we have 150 people. Like, and, like, having to know all of them, like, what makes them tick. And, like, right now, the biggest problem I'm having is training up people to be like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like they don't have those fucking four years of seeing no. all the nonsense, no. the good shit, the bad shit. How does that person make you feel? Mm-hmm. But I'd say the easiest thing is like, what would you do in the situation that make you feel good? How can you apply that to them? Like, hey, say this. How would you want to be approached? Approach them like that. Yeah. And then but it's still trial and error. A hundred percent it is. And, and, and fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's trial and error. And and. And I I agree with you in a sense of you know how typically to make things tick. Like, I was always like, bro, like, even just coaching, like, I don't blow up like that. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not that person. Um, I'm I'm super chill at practice. You know what I mean? I'm sitting there cracking jokes with you. But when it's time to work, it's time to work. So I crack jokes all the time. Yeah. Right. And then it's for me, it's never really a blow up unless someone is being. Oh, bro. I blew up one time while coaching and it was because i felt like we just i don't know what the fuck was up with us and i remember i just took him to the back by one of the bungalows and i just like tore into him and i had to talk myself up to do it because like in my mind i'm like i know and that's where you got to know your people yep exactly i knew i had good players yep. and i knew that they were they were tough i knew that they were mentally tough i knew that they would play sports their whole life and they could so, take it so they could take it i didn't have people that was just going to tuck their tails and and curl up like that and it happened to be during this game where i felt like it just they just it wasn't clicking the urgency didn't seem like it was there you're yelling it to them like yelling it to them and i'm not seeing it turnover i'm not seeing the change of pace or whatever it may be so i remember we got to halftime and i remember i just i just fucking tore into them you know what i mean and they were seniors and i just i fucking let them have it and then the look on their face was like, shit, you know what I mean? And that's why I like being the coach that I am, because they know that I, I don't get upset like that. Right. You aren't upset all the time. So when I blow the fuck up, <laughs> you know, y'all cause this. Yeah. For a good reason. You know what I mean? But then I'm the first one to fucking hug you. Exactly. I think that's the, the more you love your people, the harder you can be on them. Yeah. That is my. 100%. Number, that is you can't be hard on people thing. and not show love to them. I'm sorry. Um, and so it's shout out, shout out, uh, one of my old players, Reef Dove. So Reef, uh, I called him white, white chocolate. He was my, he was my little T. He called it an H in our office. So our, our slot guy. Okay. And we run fucking fly sweeps with him and shit like that. Right. And going into his senior season, he lost his mom to cancer. 
you know, and his dad at the time had would they were uh, from the uh, uh, Southern California, so like uh, the San Diego area. Mm-hmm. So his dad would work in San Diego. So it was, he would be with his mom and his grandparents here, and he would always. So his mom was really, you know, that was kind of his thing. And she had been battling cancer for a while, and so literally at the start of our football season, right before the start of his senior year, his mom passed away. And so now you're talking about a 17 year old kid boy whose mom just passed away from cancer and all he wanted to do is play football. Okay. So I kind of, I get it. I get that's, that's how you get away from everything. And the hardest thing was for me to coach him that year. It's a hard dynamic. It it, it was a hard dynamic because how far do you push? And he was already not sensitive because he was a tough son of a bitch, but he was sensitive before, you know what I mean? Like, he internalizes it a lot because he he tries hard. Like yep. he gives you everything, and so I remember it was just a time in practice where we're just like we're going, and I'm just like I noticed that I'm kind of the production kind of isn't there, and I had to look at myself as a leader. Like you know, is it not there because like he just he's struggling, or because I'm not I'm not demanding enough from him, and bro, I must have ripped into him one day, and I had to walk away because I almost started crying as I was doing it because I felt so bad doing it. But bro, I think that for the the following game, bro, he he ended up having like three hundred and something yards. Like it was bananas what he did that next that next game, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, it worked, you know. But everything in me, I couldn't, I I didn't want to do it, but I knew at some point you can grieve, but at some time, like life just has to fucking keep going. Bro, that, and I feel so sorry business. for you. That, but you know what I mean. Like I feel so bad about it, and I know that you won't, you will never get over it if I don't tell you. You know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve, but life doesn't fucking stop. Right. I mean, as awful as this sounds for certain situations, like we don't have, we've had one of those situations. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, bro, like you got to leave it at home. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we can talk about it and help you with every yeah. other aspect. Well, we still have to do what needs we to have be to done. Do our job because the world doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. Like the world, as awful as it sounds. And Jason brought this to my attention. I don't know why I'd never thought about this. He's like, "Bro, you want to know what separates the good people from the bad people? The people who show up every day, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. That's what separates. One hundred percent. One hundred stacking bricks. Stacking bricks. So, like, even though your kid fucked off one day, your wife's mad at you, slept on the couch, mm-hmm. football's going shitty." Business isn't going good. Did you still show up the same way with the same energy, no matter mm-hmm. what happened? Yep. That's right. That's the hardship. But teaching people how to do that and then holding people accountable, like that's when I think that's the skill that matters most overall in business. Everything in, in life, bro. And in, in life, in life. Every, like that skill that you've developed as far as Jesus Christ, how do we handle this? Mm-hmm. And playing with it, that's the most important skill you need. I use it as a teacher. When kids will give me attitude or they'll like lash right. out about something and i'll tell them like i'm like look like i get that you're having a bad day i get it i said but you know this happened at home today my wife was upset about this my wife was upset about that but did that change how i treated you today and they're like shit. like you know what i mean like you know i'm like because because of the respect that i have for you i leave it at home yep you know what i mean and so People, you know, I used to always one day I would be like, hey, be, yeah, be quiet, guys. Lower your voices. Make sure we working, blah, blah, blah. And then and, it, and I set it up. You know, what I mean, I always set it up like that. Guys, hey, make sure we tone it down, tone it down. And after a couple of times, I'm like, hey, bro, just shut up. And they'd be like. And I'm like, so I said, now I'm upset. I said, because I asked you to be quiet three times and you ignored me all three times. Why did it take me to have to be disrespectful to you for you to actually listen to me? I'm upset that I had to be that I had to disrespect you in order to get you to actually listen to what I was asking you to do. Yeah. And it was like, they fuck the fact that I just told them to shut up. You know what I mean? I'm upset that I ha- that I had to tell you to shut up because you were so disrespectful in not listening to me the first couple times that I literally had to reciprocate the disrespect in order to get you to listen to me. Right? Why yeah. is that? And that's wild. And that's never a situation you want to be in. Yeah. But I mean, you're dealing with kids. Yeah. And but but. They fucked with it. They was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You you did ask me three times to be quiet, and I didn't listen. And I was upset that you told me to shut up. But, like, I feel bad that you're upset that you had to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so. What was that question? So harsh. I think you can always – I mean, you may be too harsh at times. But, again, that goes into learning. Disrespect. 
the disrespect thing is um coming at someone personally. Yes. Has nothing to do with the task at hand. It has nothing to do with the task at hand. Mm-hmm. That's when it, you venture into disrespect. It's a personal attack. It's a yeah, it's a personal attack. But that shit doesn't matter. Like yeah. ream them for what happened. Mm-hmm. How are we going to fix this? Mm-hmm. What is the solve? What's the outcome? Yeah. Like what's the outcome? Point like, of action. Not just say, hey, bro, you're a bitch. Right? Like exactly. <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. <laughs> but like, all right, bro. You fucked up. Here's where you fucked up. Like, why the fuck did you do it? And what are, mm-hmm. what are you going to do to fix it? Like, you can tell someone, hey, bro, you co-calling right now and you, you low-key acting like a bitch. Like, that's honestly, that's not disrespectful. But that, like, like, I'm low-key, it's harsh. But what but, is your leadership style? And this goes and in that's like... That's not it. Right? And that's not it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But yeah, if yeah. you have that type of relationship mm-hmm. and everything else to where if it's me and Mike, right, it wouldn't be disrespectful. Like, bro, you sound like a bitch. Yeah. <sighs> you right. <laughs> you right, bro. I, hey, I was afraid to ask that question. Right, but like, if mm-hmm. that happened, that's the dynamic and leadership style you have there. You gotta have good rapport. It, right. all, it all comes down to rapport. Like, how much mm-hmm. do how you love you them? Be? Like I, I think it's just like how it's hard, right? With when it's when it's all virtual mm-hmm. to show them how much you love them, how much you care about them, how much you want to like mm-hmm. help them grow. But forcing them to do hard things and then finding out, like, bro, what is your why? Like, what do you want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Talking to one of our employees the other day, I was like, what do you want? She's like, well, I want to put my kid in the best schools. I want to take care of my parents. Right, and then at least you know that's what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. Then you can use that. I was listening to a, a podcast with Ben Newman, bro. I'll send it to you. He's dope. He's the mindset coach for Alabama. Mm-hmm. And he was like, at, then you can use it to pull their strings. Like, I mean, if your kid wants to do this, this is what we got to do. Like, we have the vision. And then you can cast the vision. This is how we get there. Why are you letting down that goal that you already set for yourself? So they don't want to work hard. You, you make them self reflect. Yeah, like you, you gotta like self-reflect. <laughs> you gotta like make what, them reflect on it. What is going on here? Like, why, why are you acting like this if this is what you want? Like, what else is going on? And then it's not as much um, talking at. Yeah, I think that's the worst type of leadership. We got anything else, bro? Oh, that's it. I think that's it. We're hit. We hit our uh, one hour mark. I just posted. If you have any questions, please ask them. Um, just so we can make sure we get to everybody if they had any questions during the show. Oh, sure. We got um, a meet up today. I'll read them to you. We do got a meet up today. Um, we're doing it at what five? Five. Five p.m. here at the hub. So if you guys got real estate related questions, you guys just want to network. Um, me and Strat will be here along with a handful of other investors. We'll be here to try to add as much value to each other. Um, you know, if you're not able to reach out to us all the time on social media, and you're around. Um, the tower district, <laughs> you know, around five o'clock. I know everybody's usually in their cars on the freeways and stuff like that. So if you're out and about, man, swing by, swing by. Uh, the address is 1567 North Van Ness Avenue. That is Fresno, California, 93728. Bro, I thought the last one was really good. It did, it did go good. I loved how intimate it was. It was like yeah. it wasn't so packed, like a um, I like the pop-up style. Because when you have a regular meetup, sometimes those those you are, can't give them time. You can't give them time, and I thought that was the value in this one was the time. It was very intimate. Uh, we were able to answer questions. I was able to meet people that I haven't met before. Um, I really, I really like the pop up style. It's not a big planned event. It's just like boom, we popped up. What's up? Right. Because I, 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 I think because like bro, when we do the big meetups and then like people are like waiting to talk to you, mm-hmm. that makes it hard because then you rush the conversation. Like oh, let me talk to this guy. With these pop-ups, you can give them everything. Like, all right, mm-hmm. what's going on? You can pull up in the laptop. Yeah, you, know, you can you do can whatever. Show them how you, how I comp a lead, or you know how I freaking pull up a property and how I pull my list, or you know, like little things like that. Like you can go and actually show them one-on-one type stuff. It becomes actually like a teaching, yeah, uh, teaching platform. So yeah, keep coming to those pop-ups. We'll do another cigar night. So I think I'm gonna do it in February, and then we'll do another big event. Jason and Dean should be putting on two events here soon too. For sure. Here we go. So, uh, Facebook user. See you guys later tonight. I don't know who it is, man. But yeah, we will see you guys later, man. We really will. Um, if we don't have any questions, um, the last thing that I guess that we could say is if you're not already subscribed to the Free Agent REI podcast, um, please go to Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, type in Free Agent REI, subscribe to our podcast. Share with friends if we're able to if we were able to bring any value to you. Um, and that's that's really the one thing that we would ask. We don't ask for much, 
So if you guys can help us kind of spread the word on our podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated so we can get more people on here on our live feeds and be able to bring as much value as possible. Oh, go join the Facebook group. And join the Facebook group. A hundred percent. We're about to start running ads to it. We, we got we to start getting better in there. So again, as you guys go, we go typically in that group. We're not going to sit there and just post a bunch of shit in a group that there's no participation in. Right. So make sure you guys get in there, introduce yourselves and, We'll, we'll start it off with a bang. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. See you guys in next week, I guess. Thank you for tuning in to the Free Agent Real Estate Investing Podcast. Don't forget to give us a five-star review. If you would like to stay in touch with Stratton and myself, follow us on Instagram. And please be sure to subscribe to our Free Agent REI Podcast YouTube channel and give us a thumbs up. 